It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, the most listened to radio show in the nonprofit sector, dedicated to helping your charity succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to fundraising success, and practical nonprofit management advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect landing point to learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books range from successful online fundraising to expert nonprofit management. Guests on the Nonprofit Coach are leaders in their field who share their insider tips and trade secrets in a conversational style both the experienced and novice will benefit from. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you and your organization move to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. This is a live call-in show. Add your voice by calling 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Click on Radio. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of the Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart. And welcome to this special edition of the Nonprofit Coach. Thank you for joining us today. It is with a heavy heart that I host the Nonprofit Coach today uh, because on January 12th of this year, after a courageous battle with cancer, a very dear friend and mentor to many, Tony Ellisher, passed away. And today, uh, we have a number of luminaries uh, who knew him, knew him well, knew his wit and wisdom. And the purpose of today's show is to memorialize that, to document that, and to celebrate the wonderful life of Tony Ellisher and the light that he lit for fundraising around the world. So I see a lot of folks on the switchboard. Um, we're going to get to everyone uh, before the end of today's show, and we're going to start off uh, with Andrew Watt. Um, Andrew, everyone, I think, knows who you are, but I'm going to ask everybody to introduce themselves just so that we have that documented, and I'm going to ask you to share your best memories and what you would like to memorialize Tony Ellisher. So welcome to the Nonprofit Coach. Andrew Watt. Well, great, great to be back with you, Ted. And um, you know, it's, it's it's a wonderful opportunity to talk about an amazing man. Um, I'm the president and CEO of the Association of Fundraising Professionals. Prior to that, where I've been for ten years now, um, I was with the Institute of Fundraising in the United Kingdom. So that's really where I met Tony back in the early 1990s, and he was one of those people you could never be indifferent to him. I mean, he always sparked 
a strong reaction. And I wasn't sure what to make of him, to be honest, the first time I met him. Um, I was sitting there thinking, who is this man? And it did not take me long to recognize what extraordinary depth of kindness underlay the showmanship and what an incredible degree of passion and concern actually drove him into the profession that he finally chose because he could have done so much. I mean, he was, I'm sure many people who knew him better than me um, will be speaking to this, but he was extraordinarily creative. Um, a lot of people didn't know what a, an incredibly talented and passionate gardener he was. You know, it wasn't something that leapt at you off the stage, and yet his garden in Buckinghamshire was one of the most beautiful I've seen anywhere. And um, he was very modest about those sorts of achievements. But he did have the capacity to really get up people's noses sometimes. And I will never forget the first time my wife met him, which was um, flying with me in economy class to um, Seattle for, for the AFP conference there some years ago now. And Tony was traveling front end, well, middle end anyway, stuck his nose around the bulkhead and said, hello, peasants. How are you enjoying cattle class? And this was not a way to endear himself to <laughs> But, you know, it's a monument to Tony was that um, during her time in Seattle, you know, which is not that long, she completely revised her initial very unfavorable opinion <laughs> and said, what a lovely guy. Well, I think part of uh, – I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I think that uh, Tony rather enjoyed the shock value of humor uh, yes. and used that extensively in uh, his very remarkable and, – and I dare say there, there's really no one that can compare to the creativity that he would bring to plenary sessions and to educational sessions. Yeah, you know, it was that extraordinary curiosity of his. And he was one of the most disciplined and hardworking people I think I've ever met. So when you looked at those general sessions and you saw, you know, the, the data, the stories, the pictures he put up there, he had spent months researching those things. He had this incredible Absolutely. archive of images. I mean, you know, any of us have been privileged to work with him, found out about it in the end. But you know, and he 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 never ever stopped learning, and challenging us all. I, I mean, those of us who have been lecturing, and and certainly uh, uh, as a, as a, a young uh, fundraiser, um, privileged to be asked to speak at some of my first conferences. Um, Tony is someone who took me under his wing and really challenged me to be a very good speaker, not to just be a speaker, but to, to be imaginative and innovative and to challenge people. And, and of course, uh, I'll never come to the level of creativity that he brought, but he set a new standard for speaking at conference. I think he did. And, you know, whether it was at the IFC or um, the Institute Fundraising Conference back in, back in the early 90s, I mean, Tony's sessions had an extraordinary vigor that you didn't see elsewhere. I mean, we've, 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 we've come to demand incredibly high standards from speakers um, in public places today. And I think people forget quite how much we owed to Tony back then um, for Absolutely. pushing us out of our comfort zone. Andrew, I'm going to ask you to stay with us as long as you can. I know you have a tight schedule uh, today. I'm going to uh, bring, I think, Daryl Upsall is going to come and join us. Daryl, is that you? I'm here. Good to speak to you again. Oh, uh, wonderful. Thanks, Andrew. 
Yeah, so Daryl, join in here. Um, introduce yourself first, and then uh, share your memorial of Tony Elisher. Sure, I'm, I'm Daryl Upsall, and I'm a, an international consultant for nonprofits based out of Madrid. And I've known Tony as a friend, a colleague, a compadre, and many other things besides for about 28 years now. Uh, like Andrew, as you can probably tell from both of our accents, I hail from <laughs> the UK originally. Texas. And, you know, I think it was a fundraising conference. One of the, uh, you'd never guess, would you? I, I sometimes mm. pretend I'm Antonio Banderas living here in Madrid. But, um, but uh, you know, I first met Tony at one of the first fundraising conferences in the UK. We were both young, enthusiastic, uh, young fundraisers. But, uh, it was a while before I saw him speak, and I think it was probably the IFC in Holland. Mm-hmm. And suddenly this man appears on stage. In those days, with little staging, it got more fantastic as the years went on. But bouncing onto the stage with unstoppable energy. Uh, and until that point, as Andrew said, we, I think we were pretty much used to people standing behind a lectern and even reading from their notes. But not for Tony, even in the good old days of overhead projectors and so forth. He was always finding some racing material and some often out-of-the-world ideas that then became the reality in later life. Yeah. He he, he challenged people, to, didn't he? And where where did that come from? Um, I think mostly because he challenged himself, quite frankly. He was never satisfied. He was always looking for a new angle on things. Um, I spent many... Uh, a time both socially with Tony um, on holidays, on traveling trips, going to conferences and so forth. And he's one of the few people I know who's never really read a novel. He would only read the business magazines and books. He was always looking for the new ideas, always thinking that maybe our sector of fundraising wasn't really up to speed yet. And if and if it wasn't there, he would go out and try to invent it. And, and certainly what he did, I think, through his writing uh, in magazines and his productions at conferences, is not only bring the new ideas to us, but bring them in a visually stimulating, funny, and very uh, irreverent way quite often. Um, there were moments when you go, oh, God, did Tony really say that? And, uh, <laughs> and the audience will be laughing in the aisles, meanwhile. What what was it about Tony that was it seemed important to him to bring humor to topics that others did not bring humor to? Um, I think there's a, that's a certain Britishness to that anyway um, of, of dealing with difficult situations with humor. One of the times I worked closely with with Tony was when I was working for an HIV/AIDS charity, the very first in Europe, and certainly the first to do fundraising in Europe. And I invited Tony, amongst others like uh, George Smith and so forth, another fundraising guru, to become one of my fags. Now, the fundraising advisory group had a nice acronym of fag. It wasn't a committee, and boy, did Tony play on on that, being a, a fundraising fag for an AIDS charity. I, th- I think it was a way of dealing with some of the, the very difficult situations, you know, 12 of my board died, 30% of the staff in three years with HIV AIDS. Um, Often when you're facing those situations, as Tony did working at a cancer charity before, you use humor as a way of lightening up the moment to bring across quite serious points in the long term. 
Mm-hmm. And and he he, he would bring it to Python by place. I think he had everything ever made by Monty Python in his video collection. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I think there certainly was an element to that. I'm going to add someone else to the discussion, and, and, and gentlemen, stay with us as long as you can. I understand everybody has tight schedules today, so if you drop off, we will understand. Joining us now is Neil Galliford. Uh, Neil, uh, welcome here to the memorial for Tony Ellisher. Please introduce yourself and share your memorial. Oh, hi, Ted. Thank you very much for having me on. And hi, Andrew. Hi, Daryl. Hi, Neil. Uh, uh, great to uh, hear hear your reminiscences of uh, of Tony. He was uh, a terrific guy, and I I got to know him at the IFC I think probably a dozen years ago. Um, but uh, we have a, uh, a, a stand a standing uh, uh, meeting every time he was in uh, Canada, where we go out and have some fine food and some fine wine and some fine gossip, and um, he loved all of that. And, but best of all, he loved fundraising, I think, and he was quite the showman, I think. So, um, terrific guy. Um, I think my my fondest memory of him is is uh, what happened here in in Toronto at the AFP uh, Congress in 2011. He came and and he was the closing plenary, and uh, he discovered that he had been put in a room that was actually a theater and it was called the Bassett Theater and it has actually room in it for about 800 people and that got Tony thinking and uh, within a month or so he was back uh, to propose to us the something entirely new something entirely phantasmagorical and that was what was to become fundraising theater uh, two and a half hour multimedia extravaganza uh, we had uh, we had fundraisers on stage. There was music, video. There were skits and interviews. There was dancers, and there was even a confetti cannon. So uh, this just was the greatest thing that Tony could do, and and uh, he pulled it off fantastically. When he when he proposed it, he needed sponsors to do it, and I said, as president of Stephen Thomas, I said. If Tony's doing it, we need to support it. So Stephen Thomas and, and, uh, and CARE2 actually uh, stepped forward to sponsor it, and it was, uh, it was spectacular. And I think anybody who saw it, and certainly everybody who was involved in it, uh, thought it was the most amazing thing they'd ever seen. I, I, I think you, you brought up an important point here. That yeah, go, No, go ahead, Daryl. No, I was just saying it was great fun to participate in, and I think everybody who was on that stage that day in Canada just came off exhausted and exhilarated, and the audience was screaming. And I believe, if I recall, we even trended in Twitter in uh, Toronto that day. You know, it's it's interesting that you bring that up, uh, uh, Neil, because oftentimes I think that same statement of, well, if Tony's involved, it's okay, or if Tony's okay, involved, it's going to be great, um, was said because he always brought something more. He brought showmanship, but he also brought a message and very much cared about um, training and lecturing but but showing people a good time. And I think that's part of, as, as I said for today, the 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 wit and fundraising wisdom, because those were always mixed for for Tony. Uh, and I, you know, Ted, I, I I think that's one of the pieces that it's very easy to miss if you weren't with Tony or didn't know of it, is that 
he he did phenomenal work elsewhere on the ground. I mean, we we saw the showman, the public face of Tony, um, but it was when you saw him actually working on behalf of clients or on behalf of NGOs that you really saw how deeply moved he was and how passionate he was about getting stuff done. I mean, he really was a consummate professional, and I I I, I think that's an extraordinary thing to find in somebody like that. Absolutely, and a, and, a, and a great legacy for for him to uh, to leave with us. I'm going to uh, bring in here. Rob Mitchell is going to join the memorial today. Rob, please introduce yourself and, and share your memorial for Tony. Yeah, and the first thing I'd like to say is that uh, Ted, I, I I've never I never had the privilege of actually knowing Tony. Uh, having seen a couple of his presentations, I I can identify what uh, people have already said about him but you said at the top of the show that he was a mentor and um, the reason that I wanted to participate in this conversation was to stress how important mentorship is in our business Um, I I started out in a one man development shop in 1982 and I was we had a consultant in um, a man named Gordon Caswell who saw something in me that I did not see in myself, and he became my mentor. He taught me how to make a presentation. He taught me how to tell stories while I was making a presentation, and these were, this was all about planned giving uh, during the early days of planned giving marketing. And um, he, uh, I can give Gordon credit for a 32 successful years in fundraising and fundraising management, including being the uh, president of the American Cancer uh, Foundation, and uh, I'm currently CEO of Atlas of Giving, where we measure and forecast charitable giving by sector, source, and state each month. And um, I I – go ahead. Yeah, well, Rob, I was just going to say I think that is an important topic to bring up to to the memorial today is is that issue of of mentorship because countless number of lives touched by Tony Elisher, um that and many of them he knew directly that he was mentoring and and cared very much about that. Um, others want to share share about his mentorship. If I could just jump in, there's one thing that's kind of it's kind of mentorship, but one thing I always noticed at the uh, IFC, which, you know, there's a group of us who've been going there for a lifetime, but one of his qualities was he would see somebody wandering around a bit lost, um, perhaps the first time attendee, and being one of the superstars of the show, um, he would just walk up to them and, and, you know, touch them on their arm and say, oh, can I help you, and would you like to find out more? And often he, he would do that, during the course of any conference he was at because he realized and remembered what it was like to be a first-timer. And I think that's a, a subtle form of of mentorship. But I know some of those conversations went on to long-term support for people who became very senior professionals over the years later. Yeah, and, I, think, and, uh, and I, I can think of a couple of people who 
um, Tony had very, very long-standing relationships with over a prolonged period of time who, you know, again, there was always that dynamic tension in the relationship. So there are times when people would slam a door and say, never again. And you know, I think it was a real testament to to the extraordinary individualism of Tony that they always came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tony um, always kept a, a big Rolodex of people that he knew were experts in various topics. I, I, I at one point he called upon me to go to India with him um, to speak um, at the conference there that uh, uh, he had uh, financially supported and, and he cared very deeply about the the training in uh, in India. Um, and and I knew that I was one of many people that 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 were sort of in that rolodex and that when when topics came up he always took it upon himself to not only push himself to do the very best job that he could, but to make whatever conference he committed to being involved with to make it the best it could be. Well, and Ted, you're a great you are a great example of his, of his mentorship because, yeah. uh, like it or not, you're an entertainer, and uh, <laughs> you you have the most successful nonprofit radio show in this country, and uh, in no small measure, I'm sure to what you learned from Tony. And I think that's the thing about mentorship is that uh, it's, it's a bit like throwing a pebble in, in a pond. Um, If you're a mentor, you're the pebble and the waves coming away from the, from the, uh, from the, on the water are uh, the fruits of mentorship. And I, I would say to the listeners today, um, if you're young, find, find a mentor or a few mentors and if you're if you're uh more advanced in your um in your career find someone to mentor if you're not mentoring them now because our our industry is dependent and the success of our industry is dependent largely on learning not just from books and lectures but from other watching other people do what needs to be done and uh, it sounds it. like Tony was just that kind of a person. He really was. And, and we have a couple of other guests who are going to join us here who certainly share that um, approach uh, to working throughout the industry. Um, I believe this is Tom Ahern and Simone Joyeau, uh joining us, if I have that number correct on the switchboard. Is that uh, Tom and Simone? It is, and we're sitting in my office uh, in the office building we have, otherwise known as our home. Um, (laughs) You know, it's interesting because years ago, actually, it was Stephen Thomas, the person, company, who said to me, you really ought to try to present at the International Fundraising Congress, and he had to see this guy, Tony Elisher, and all that sort of stuff, and I did. And I was in, Tom and I both have been in both of um, Tony's big productions, I was a witch, which, you know, isn't surprising, I suppose. And (laughs) when I think of Tony, I think of risk-taker. He was willing to make a fool of himself, so to speak, except that he wasn't making a fool of himself. He was reminding us all that storytelling is what this is about, that love is what this is about, this philanthropy work that playing with each other 
and experimenting and experiencing and taking risks is what good business is about. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes maybe people thought of him or we thought of him as um, more of a performer than sufficient substance. It would be a way to see someone from afar, given the, the productions he did. But as everyone has said so far on the phone, excuse me, there's a hell of a lot of substance. <laughs> right. There's an enormous yeah. amount of sensitivity. I can remember Absolutely. having a really sweet private conversation with him via email that was, you know, that I, I, I left the email feeling feeling good and calm, and um, it's very special. Simone, yeah, if I can just on. ask you and ta- everyone, if you can just hold on one second. We do have someone that would like to come in, only has a few minutes because he's actually in between um, engagements and wanted to uh, join us today. If you don't mind, uh, Gordon Mishi is going to join us. Uh, Gordon, is that you? Hi, Ted. How are you? Uh, it's uh, wonderful to have you uh, join us. Please introduce yourself and share uh, your memorial of, of Tony, and I understand um, you've only got a few moments to share with us. Okay. Thank you, Ted. Hi, everyone. My name is Gordon Mickey, and I'm a, a UK-based fundraiser. Like Daryl and Andrew, I've had the pleasure of knowing Tony for many years, uh, more than I'd like to uh, remember now. I uh, it's been said about Tony, the, there's the conference persona, but there was also another Tony, the Tony that befriended the young and upcoming fundraisers, the Tony that would listen to you, the Tony that would give you wise counsel uh, and would be there for you if you just needed a shoulder in many ways. Uh, I remember a few years ago, uh, the business I was working for was going through a challenge and Tony was there to give advice and even to the level of uh, support uh, that fortunately I didn't need to take at the time, but I knew that he was there behind me, willing me on. And there was also the fun Tony, the Tony at the end of the day, the Tony that liked to laugh and a joke and the Tony that, yeah, he still had his professional head on at all times, but over a beer... Uh, at the end of the conference, uh, particularly IFC or the IOF in London uh, at the, the last night, we could stand at the back of the room and just have a bit of banter with each other. Uh, but we knew that he'd be up at 6 o'clock the next morning preparing for the plenary and the next big thing. It was so and many and have lots of energy. Said, and have, have more, so more, energy. more energy than all the rest of us put together. Yeah, yeah. I and I think that probably came from his ballet dancing days. Go ahead, Darren. I said he kept him on his toes, all that ballet dancing. Yeah. I'm sure it did. Gordon, thank you so much for for joining us. No, my pleasure, Ted. Best, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Daryl, I think I interrupted you. No, no, no! I was saying all that ballet dancing kept him on, kept him on his toes. But it was that boundless energy of 
we we did quite a few late nighters, but you never noticed it the next day on stage. The energy was there, the adrenaline was kicking in. Okay, a bit of caffeine helped, but it was always there. And one of the stories I related in a thing I wrote about him was also from the IFC is what people don't know. Sometimes there were people who were a little bit worse for wear late at night. And uh, not always in the best states, like after themselves. And he had quite a reputation amongst the staff for making sure they got to bed, cleaned themselves up, and didn't embarrass themselves the next day. And uh, that was kind of one of the little hidden, hidden things which um, only a few of the staff and, and those of us who were late enough often got to see. Uh, it wasn't the big I, I think setting a standard. Yeah, setting a standard for younger people. I mean, always a professional, but knew how to have a good time. And 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 understood and, and felt that that was an important part of conference. That there's a serious side, which he always managed to have some fun with the serious side, but set a standard of of hard work ethic. He didn't just get up there and wing it. He he would put lots of effort and thought into um, the the newest thing that he was going to try to put together. Absolutely. Uh, so I cut off uh, Simone and Tom. Um, I was sorry about that, but I, I had gotten the message that, that uh, Gordon only had a few moments. So if you don't mind, can we get back to your, your memorial? Yeah, this is Tom, because Simone has uh, has uh, said what she wanted to say. And um, I, I don't uh, pretend to know Tony much at all. Uh, we were in his productions, and uh, that was a ton of fun. Um, I remember there's a feeling you get, or I had, you know, as I the closer I got to Tony physically, like at a conference, getting close, the more I was smiling. Uh, it was just a feeling of I am next to somebody who is surprising and is fun and is intelligent and so forth. And Ted mentioned standards. Uh, I worked with Tony on one project. It was to write a case for a capital campaign that was a major campaign. Uh, was going to go international, and uh, Tony got in touch uh, out of the blue, and I, I felt uh, tapped um, to be playing in the big leagues. And yet, uh, he was never intrusive. Uh, basically, uh, and we went way out on a limb with this case and uh, he just was totally supportive and got out of the way except behind the scenes to make sure the client was being brought along in the thinking that was going into the case and so I my my regret of course as with the rest of us is that I won't will not have a chance to have any more of Tony I will never forget him. What a what a wonderful memorial. He's left so much of uh a legacy uh for fundraising. I mean, truly stands apart in the kind of legacy that that he has left. Um I, I think Sonia, I think you're with us here. Um if you if I've got the right person on the um, please introduce yourself um, and share your memorial, because I, I think you probably um, uh, want to speak about uh, Tony's legacy as well. 
Um, thanks very much, Ted. Uh, my name is Sonia Swarajuk, and I am with the a volunteer, longtime volunteer with the AFP Greater Toronto Chapter um, here in Toronto. And um, Tony um, first came to uh, present at our conference, um, I guess via the um, IFC through uh, my former boss, Steve Thomas, um, who uh, in the 1990s um, saw Tony um, present at uh, at the IFC and encouraged him, along with some other um, British fundraisers, including Daryl Opsall, uh, to um, to come to our fledgling conference. And uh, I think Tony was instrumental over the years in building what for us was a truly world class um, fundraising event. Um, he did many sessions for us, um, uh, a number of plenaries, including um, which. Um, which in 2012 was fundraising theater. Um, it was an entire morning in a theater space at our conference center, and um, uh, folks such as uh, Tom and Simone and Daryl were a part of that. And I think um, that top experience for me as a volunteer um, and, and just also as a, a friend and professional colleague of Tony's over time is that, it was. It seemed like something that was just so impossible to do. Um, we, you know, we couldn't possibly, um, you know, bring a thousand delegates into a theater space and, and keep their attention for an entire morning um, in one space um, focused on on one um, one engaged um, uh, production. And it was, you know, Tony always pushed for, you know, why not? Why can't we? Um, to find a way to make it possible, and he did, um, and we did, and it was uh, very much uh, a collaborative, um, a collaborative initiative. And you know, I think everyone that was on the stage and also behind the stage um, was really pushed to a new level of, um, you know, just really bringing. He really had a way of bringing out the best in everyone, um, and uh, it was. You know, it was a forerunner to uh, what would be the um, kaleidoscope and philanthropy um, plenary, which was completely different and yet similar um, in San Antonio um, uh, 16 months later in 2014 at AFP International. So um, huge, um, his passing is, um, you know, has left me profoundly um, sad and um, a huge hole in my heart, but um, as Tony would say, and I'm sorry that I missed the beginning of um, your show, Ted, but um, the show must go on, and I think he would be upset if we you know, didn't continue to push and strive um, to be the best that we could be to challenge and to, um, to do what we could in our own way um, to make the world a better place. Sonia, if you'll stay right there, I wanted to, those that are still with us, kind of do a round robin on on what is the best way to uh, to remember Tony and what has he left that must not be uh, missed or forgotten. Um, Daryl? I think it's reaching for the sky, not giving up, not believing anything's impossible, and bringing immense creativity to our work because that was something he gave to us. How, how do we do that? Because he was, in a lot of ways, the energy that has been said so many times here that he would propose things that seemed impossible, 
um, he would not be afraid to jump up on a stage and 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 start off by looking like he was going to make a fool of himself. Of course, he had had everything orchestrated and knew exactly what was going to happen. The audience did not. They were in for a surprise and in for a show. Um, how does that continue, or or is is it not possible in quite that way? Is is there another way that uh, that Tony's energy is? As I said when when I posted this show that. You know, he lit a light for fundraising, and it was global. You know, he he wasn't just, you know, a small-time, uh, very good uh, speaker and trainer and fundraiser in his own country, but but was called upon and and really recognized um, uh, around the world as someone who, if he was at your conference, if he was speaking, people would come to the conference because they knew something special was going to happen. Neil, Can I- you know, I. I- Go ahead. Go ahead, Daryl. Just very quickly, I think we see it in the next generation of presenters. Not all of them, but those who've been influenced, maybe those who participated. There's a spark there that has changed presenting from standing behind the lectern. And I think there are people who have picked up on it, and the next generation will still have that in their DNA. That's that's great. Sonia, did, so, you, uh, did we interrupt I, you? I know that. For sure, this is Neil, because uh, we actually instituted something called the Speakers Academy here at uh, in Toronto for the Congress, and that was, uh, you know, an instructional time for, for new speakers, and Tony was our first presenter in that, and uh, I, I sat through the first, uh, the first one of those, and it was spectacular in the sense that he, Tony was so thorough about the professionalism with which he presented that he had thought of everything so everything from the temperature of the water you should drink which is warm to the uh, color of shirt you should wear which is white uh, and uh, how to modulate your voice up and down and so on it was uh, it was a tour de force of of, uh, of how to take um, this opportunity seriously and to make the best of it when you're up there on the le- lectern. So I, I I have to say that's a legacy that uh, it'll be hard to carry on without him. Yeah. Uh, Sonia? Um, I agree with what Neil just said. I was in the room um, for that first Speaker Academy as well, and it was um, really, it was a packed house, and I think for Tony it was just, such a joy to be able to to share what he knew with other people to help them along their way. So I think um, that that is something that will always stay with me in terms of, um, you know, sharing what you know and sharing what you do best to help others um, be even better than what they already are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I take away that, that certainly he helped mentor me on was um, that that aspect of every detail of the room, uh, going and checking out the room and making sure that everything, not just the the, the technology worked, uh, but the temperature of the room, the the placement of of the chairs and the tables, um, and and really thinking about how does all that fit into your presentation that you're not just getting up there and lecturing, but that you are actually part of uh, sort of an ecosystem that you're you're creating and and making yourself responsible for all of that. I mean, certainly you're part of a conference and there are other people who, you know, have some responsibility to that, but the but the person walking into that room is responsible for imparting that information and doing it in such a way that people enjoy themselves. Um I, you know, I, I always would sort of walk away from 
um, you know, some of the advice that he would give give me, and it, and it would sometimes feel like it, it boiled down to that people expected to be bored and don't let them. <clears throat> Any comments on that? Yeah, Ted. Yes, Simone. Yes, you know, I I think listening to the way we're talking, and I'm going back to your your first comment or your comment about well, so what can we look to for the future and how do we honor him and that sort of thing. I think that Tony and I did not know him well at all, but this is my perception. He would be honored and pleased the way we're talking. He would snicker a little. And he'd say, oh, come on, people. Yeah, I'm cool, but I'm not the be-all, end-all. Get on with it. Get on with doing this work. Take risks like I, Tony, did mentor as everybody's been saying and um and just go for it and when i think about remembering people you know to me it's it's honoring what they did as in a named fund as in in tony's case because we all think of him or those who don't know him as personally think of him as as conferences then it's you know scholarships or the tony ellisher whatever or whatever but i I really think, as I say, I think he'd be honored and pleased at all of this, but I also think he'd say, come on, go forward. Mm-hmm. So those are my well, thoughts. I think that's, that, that's, what we're, that's what we're trying to sort of make notes of. Daryl, I think, um, unfortunately, Andrew had to uh, to drop off to a meeting, so I think uh, you probably knew him best, and, and you knew him, you vacationed with him, he, um, and you knew each other as friends and as colleagues. Um, how would Tony want to be remembered? What you know, if if he could participate in this discussion, yeah. um, what what what? Uh, which, which I'm 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 half expecting he'll be calling in any minute, um, but uh, <laughs> he probably will. So, Daryl, how how would how would he share this thought? What would he want? I have to say, he he would love the attention because Tony was a showman, but then he'll take the Make make fun of it because as much as he wanted to be center stage, I think he'd say, "Come on, chums, let's pack up all this nonsense and go and have a drink." Yeah. Um, there's a comment I, I made to some Canadian fundraisers, Neil's there and, and Sonia and others on Monday last week when we were commemorating the day of the funeral from our various snowy Washington or Toronto, and I think. The thing with Tony, the glass was always half full, but not for very long, because he'd <laughs> soon drop that one down, look for another, and that is true of life, celebration events, or whatever. However full the glass felt at any given time, it will be drunk down, and the next one would need to be refilled, whether that was fundraising, learning, presenting, or whatever. And I think the best legacy really is for us to go forward in his memory, in the profession that we all love and, and share our knowledge and learning, and hopefully we can do it with some of the energy and fun, and certainly the people on this call can, I know, and, and, and share in that spirit and refill others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, share, and hopefully share this podcast so that others who maybe didn't know him um, you know, can hear the you know the the ad, admiration that we all have for him, but but also the you know sort of the, the the detail of that admiration that it wasn't just wow he's he's a nice guy as as you said Daryl you know he he could rub people the wrong way and sometimes he would do that on purpose 
um, so that he he would see the re- the response to rubbing them the wrong way. Yeah, he was no angel, but those devils are great fun to spend time with. You uh, I, you just sent uh, me a, a wonderful uh, uh, little uh, uh, um, a quote here um, uh, over Skype. Would you re- would you share that with everyone? Yeah, I, I could make the funeral as I was in Snowzilla, Washington, but uh, in true form, he did choose the music. He was still staging his own shows till the end, and the music that closed his funeral service last week was from Queen. And I'm not going to attempt to sing it, but I'll read the lines. Um, I'm traveling at the speed of light. I want to make a supersonic man out of you. Don't stop me now. I'm having such a good time. I'm having a ball. Don't stop me. And on that note, I say rest in plenary. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and, and that does sum, sum him up. So so he had chosen that him, himself, as, as you said, staging right uh, right to the end and make sure that you've got uh, the music just right. But but he always was at the speed of light. He always was at the speed of light and, and, and brought such enthusiasm that you, even someone who was – on the fence or not quite sure that uh, that this was something for them. I, I think people came away from Tony feeling that, you know, I, I maybe I can be successful. Um, he's given me reason to think that there's something in me. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom, I, we didn't, didn't give you as much time. We're, we're, you were working on something with uh, with Tony? Yeah, this is Simon, um, Ted. Tom just had to go to a telephone meeting. Oh, okay, okay. Um, they they were were they working on? Am I right about that? That they were working on on something? Yes, yeah. Um, some, uh, Tom was writing the case for support for that capital initiative uh, that he okay. was talking about. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and 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 and, and again pushing. Company. Yeah, pushing to to you know have that creativity and to to bring that energy and and I, and I think you know lots of nonprofits you know if they were participating today you know would would say how much they appreciated the the detail and the precision of the campaigns that he put together but that he was always looking for some way of making it interesting making it stand out uh, making it interesting for donors um, I think he he never felt Daryl that fundraising should be boring. No, no, no. I mean, in a sense, it was a classic uh, transition, and in, in that he went from ballet dancing to fundraising. Um, and I and I think there was always the element of him. You know, some people may have some natural instincts, but that's why he and and many others on this call are so committed to training because going from good to great is hard work. It's learning, it's listening, it's reading. And he didn't believe anything came on a plate for free. So, yeah, anybody could be a great fundraiser if you work hard enough at it. Yeah. And, and bring bring that creativity. Neil, you were, you were mentioning, um, and I think, Sonia, you as well, just how instrumental he was to sort of bringing these skills to Canada and having Canada, its conferences and its fundraisers, maybe think of themselves in a, in a bit of a different way. Well, I have to say it was a, it was eye-opening for me because <clears throat> you you uh, you see him perform and you think oh this is all great and look how talented he is but he worked really really hard at that 
Yeah. And uh and and not just working at it, but he actually was very conscious of all the little bits and pieces that go into making something um successful. And I think a lot of us, you know, we get pressed into speaking or we're asked to do it and we volunteer and we get up and we do our best. Uh but uh we probably don't think enough about um ensuring that this is useful and good and entertaining for the audience and and he did and i think that that's the legacy we need to try and uh, maintain if we can um i mean just i mean whoever thought of a confetti cannon or a, or a, you know a spotlights flashing around the room and so on um it it matters that things are entertaining as well as have content but but also who who could get the commitment of uh expenditure sight unseen well yeah i mean <laughs> that was pretty amazing i have to say and uh, uh you know it was partly his force of character and just sheer perseverance you know like uh when he proposed it people questioned it and said it well this will never work i mean you can't do that and so on but but uh, he just kept persevering and asking that question well why not let's do it and uh and uh, and in the end it was a complete triumph i've never seen a room full of fundraisers as happy or and excited as the audience was that day spontaneously on their feet there were a couple of different uh curtain calls we just uh it was it was an amazing day can I just say Ma, something about I'm, that? I took yeah, go ahead, Daryl. To the airport, I took the taxi back to the airport after I had a little bit of lunch, and I was talking with him in the taxi as we went to Toronto Airport, and he was fast asleep. He was so asleep, snoring in the taxi because every ounce of energy had gone from every his body. ounce of energy had gone into that. Yeah, and and he yeah. had budgeted that energy to to be that way. Yeah, you know, speaking of a uh, boundless energy, I, I I think if I'm not mistaken, Simone and, and Daryl were both there. I'm thinking of uh, the IFC where um, certainly he would lecture and he always had something special. But but when it came time, I, I was re- I'm just remembering a, a, a particular time where he had taken upon himself to make sure that as much money was raised for bursary as possible. And he was relentless that no one was leaving without making a contribution um, for the IFC. Do, do you remember that, Daryl? Uh, Simone, I'm thinking well, we had, were there. Well, we had the speaker's dinners, which we became bidding yeah. wars, where we'd all bring yeah. something often in a bottle. And, uh, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you remember yeah, that? Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, there was a lot of big egos, myself included, in the room bidding for bottles, but all that money went to bursaries, and, and if ever the, the bidding dropped, he was up there getting the bid going stronger again. Right, right. But, but he would personally make sure, I mean, certainly there are a lot of egos in that room when you're speaking, when you have the speaker's dinner, there's a lot of people that, uh, that you know, that, that uh, bring a lot to the international fundraising uh, space, but 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 Tony would make sure that if anything was dying down, the energy wasn't quite there, it wasn't... Uh, uh, it wasn't where he thought it should be. He he would pop up and and uh, and personally get involved with uh, calling people out. Oh yes, and buying. Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, and and participate. Yeah, and and participate as well. Um, well, unfortunately, as is often the case with uh, with my show, uh, we uh, we have so much great content, and in in this case, we can go on and on and talking about the the wit and fundraising wisdom of, of Tony Ellisher. And I'm so appreciative of everyone um, who's joining us today. I'm, I'm just going to wrap up the, the show just by sort of going through the, 
the uh, uh, the switchboard here and just asking everyone to share sort of your your final memorial, your final goodbye uh, to to Tony, um, but uh, but also you know a call to the future of of what you want to see uh, of of Tony's legacy. Um, so we'll start with Neil. Well. Uh... I guess uh, I could quote the words of Steve Thomas, my partner here in Toronto, who said that uh, he imagined that Tony uh, is up in heaven asking God if there's a plenary he can uh, he can do, and if uh, if God is smart, he'll say uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I I think that's true enough. Um, I would like to see us uh, uh, pay attention to the development of young fundraisers and and uh, pay attention to the quality of how we present ourselves um, at conferences and, and uh, in, in, uh, in those kind of settings. Terrific. Um, Simone, uh, you're still with us, but Tom is not. Can you share your thoughts for both of you, perhaps? Sure. I'm trying to remember. I just thought to myself, the alphabet. And I say the alphabet because Neil and Sonia was alphabet with all the different words that was in Toronto. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so, for example, I had the word love, L for love. I don't remember what Tom had. But it, he, Tony could come up with a word about philanthropy and creativity and rigor and risk, all about the philanthropy from A through Z. And that's... I want to remember him, and that's the way I want us to think about philanthropy and fundraising. It's A through Z. Just do it. Terrific. Sonia? Well, um, on the heels of what Neil and Simone have just said, I'm going to say three letters, P-M-A. And in my uh, early in my relationship with Tony, I asked him, what is this P-M-A you keep talking about? And it was and is positive mental attitude. Um, and that is something that I will continue to strive for um, in my professional and personal life um, because so much can be achieved with PMA. Um, he was, you know, the, um, the embodiment of that. And I think that if I continue having some PMA every day, um, that I can honor him best um, through that. That's uh, that's a, that's a wonderful way to be remembered, Daryl. Uh, can you wrap it up for us here and uh, sure. give the final eulogy, if you will, the final <laughs> words of wisdom from Tony? Okay, going back to Simone's idea, it will be alphabet of fundraising, and the word I had Tony gave me was W, and W stood for world. And I think the difference between Tony and most other fundraisers I can possibly think of in my career is Tony did see it as a fundraising world, a world in which he worked and lived in, but truly a worldwide movement of fundraisers. And I think if there's something to be said, it is that true globalization of the spirit and passion of fundraising that he stood for. So my final words are rest in plenary. Yeah, I think I think that's right. Uh, rest in plenary. He he certainly was the the king of plenary, and 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 for many conferences, um, was the difference between perhaps uh, uh, you know there there may have not been great speakers all, but if you had Tony there to wrap things up, 
if you had Tony there to start things off. Uh, you had something special. You had a you had a special conference, uh, and everybody knew it uh, because, as, as has been mentioned here, he put a lot of effort and energy into it. He didn't just show up and and sort of do the the same thing that you had seen at several other conferences. And this was just Tony doing it again. He didn't seem satisfied to do the same thing again, but the messages were always consistent that it was quality, it was thoughtfulness, it was focus on the donor. Um, it was remembering what philanthropy is all about and not getting caught up in just the numbers and the data, but certainly recognizing that numbers and data are important. So there's a balance um, that in all of the wit and the showmanship that I think, Daryl, you mentioned that there's so many different facets and he he wasn't always a good boy, and he wasn't always on everyone's good side. But but I but I think even at least my experience has been even when he was sort of on someone's bad side, or there you know there were there were some some maybe negative energy going on that you know he always would try to make it better, and he would he would try to heal things sometimes with humor, sometimes appreciated, sometimes not. Um, but uh, but a, a luminary um, and someone that. Uh, I hope that this show, I hope it will be shared. I hope that everything that's been shared about uh, Tony today um, is remembered. And I think, um, you know, when, when those of us are, are feeling, you know, what was Tony Ellisher all about, I hope that uh, we'll send someone this podcast or try to remember um, that there was, there was a bright light that has gone on and is in the hands of all of us. Uh, and we all have the responsibility to keep that light alive. And, and I hope often uh, when things are going well, when things are particularly funny, when things are insightful, uh, when someone does a particularly good job, I, I, I hope from time to time we'll hear, well, that would do Tony proud uh, because I, I think the roots of, of where that is may may uh, go back to Tony Ellisher. So for all of you today, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. I'm just going to uh, play the uh, podcast reminder little clip that's uh, usually played at the midpoint in the show, and I'm playing it here at the end just to remind people how they can find our, our podcast. So I'm going to play that now. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. And this has been the memorial to the wit and wisdom of Tony Ellisher, uh, who has uh, been a fundraising luminary who worked very hard for a lot of different causes, uh, has passed away, um, but has, will not be forgotten and as been pointed out here, he mentored many. Uh, many of us who maybe were a little bit more senior still have a lot that we learned from him. And junior people uh, who have had the opportunity to learn from him uh, have learned a lot. And uh, we all have a lot to uh, thank Tony for a life worth uh, well-lived uh, and for um, uh, the service that he provided to a profession that we all care very deeply about. So thank you for joining us here on The Nonprofit Coach. Uh, definitely catch our podcast and mark your calendar. Be back with us for our next live show. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Ted. You've been listening to The Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad-friendly podcasts at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to The Nonprofit Coach.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 